Good morning, all, and welcome to the Morning Cup here at the Conservation Project. This is the new 15 minutes or less morning show that gives you the unbiased news that you need to know while you drink your morning coffee. So with that being said, let's get you ready for the water cooler. First things first, the biggest story that we are going to cover is obviously yesterday, September 8th, Queen Elizabeth II, Britain's longest reigning monarch, has died at 96 after 70 years on the throne. Buckingham Palace has released a statement saying the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. According to a statement that came out from Buckingham Palace very early this Friday morning, a period of royal mourning will be observed from now until seven days after Queen Elizabeth's funeral. The date of the funeral has yet to be announced, but will be confirmed, quote, in due course, it said, adding that the period of royal mourning will be observed by members of the royal family, royal household staff, and representatives of the royal household on official duties, along with troops committed to ceremonial duties. Royal residences are also expected to be closed until after the Queen's funeral, including the Queen's Gallery and the Royal Muse at Buckingham Palace, along with the Queen's Gallery in Edinburgh. Balmoral Castle and Sandringham House, the Queen's private estates, will also be closed during this mourning period. King Charles III traveled from Balmoral Castle in Scotland to Buckingham Palace in London today, marking his first arrival as King to the administrative center of the monarchy. He greeted cheering crowds gathered outside the palace as some sang God Save the Queen. Today is his first full day of duties and he will address the nation as it mourns. He will also meet with the United Kingdom's new Prime Minister Liz Truss, who is new to the job after being appointed earlier this week. Here's a few things that can be expected to happen today based off of past tradition. So parts of the daily life in the UK hit a pause in tribute to the Queen. So sport matches were postponed, worker strikes were canceled, and the Bank of England delayed a key meeting on interest rates. Obviously, King Charles arrived in London from Balmoral and will make his inaugural address to the nation. Bells tolled around Britain and 96 gun salutes took place at 1 p.m. in London, one for each year that the Queen lived. A public remembrance service will be held at St. Paul's Cathedral in London with trusts and other senior government ministers expected to attend. Given that this is international news, many leaders from around the world have reached out to send condolences to Britain's new king. First of which would be Chinese President Xi Jinping, who offered his condolences today to King Charles III over the death of his mother. In a message sent on behalf of the Chinese government and people, he expressed, quote, deep condolences over Elizabeth's death and extended sympathy to the royal family. He goes on to note that Elizabeth was the first British monarch to visit China, and he said that her death was a great loss to the British public. He goes on to say that he attaches great importance to the development of the China-UK relations and that he stands ready to work with Charles, noting that the two countries marked the 50th anniversary of the establishment of ambassadorial diplomatic relations this year. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken put out a statement this morning saying, quote, For more than 70 years, a period during which the United Kingdom and the world witnessed unprecedented change, Queen Elizabeth personified a sense of stability. During a time of tremendous division, she was a source of unity. We join people around the world in mourning her passing, and we will forever be inspired by the memory of her service, leadership, and friendship. Yesterday evening, President Biden reacted to the Queen's death as he signed the condolence book, saying that she was an incredibly gracious and decent woman. It is worth noting that as much of the world brings their condolences to the table, there are people who are very outspoken currently with disdain. For example, 
the Carnegie Mellon University Associate Professor of Second Language Acquisition, Obinaju Anya, tweeted this out with more than 10,000 retweets and almost 40,000 likes by yesterday evening. Quote, if anyone expects me to express anything but disdain for the monarch who su supervised a government that sponsored the genocide that massacred and displaced half my family and the consequences of which those alive today are still trying to overcome, you can keep wishing upon a star. I bring this up solely because I feel like it's worth mentioning that there are two sides to this coin and that not everyone is going to be supportive of any president, monarch, whatever it may be, but in this particular historical instance with the passing of Queen Elizabeth, there are people that are very outspoken with very little support of the Queen and her actions. This morning, Russian state television broadcasted an interview acknowledging that Kiev had, quote, achieved a substantial victory after Ukrainian forces burst through the front line in a lightning advance. This Ukrainian breakthrough near Kharkiv was the fastest advance reported by either side for months and is one of the biggest shifts in the war's momentum since the Russian forces abandoned a disastrous assault on the capital in March. The Ukrainian President Zelensky said troops had liberated dozens of settlements and reclaimed more than 1,000 square kilometers, which is 385 square miles of territory in the Kharkiv region in the east, as well as Kherson in the south in the past week alone. Western military analysts say that the advance puts the Ukrainians within striking distance of the main railway Moscow has relied on to sustain its forces in eastern Ukraine and could leave thousands of Russian troops at risk of being cut off. After a day of providing little or no response, Russia's defense ministry released the video of its troops being rushed to reinforce the area. Russian state TV showed the head of the Russian-installed Occupation Administration for Kharkiv province, Vitaly Ganchev, said in an interview, The very fact of a breach of our defenses is already a substantial victory for the Ukrainian armed forces. It is worth noting that Russian law bans all reporting of the conflict that diverges from official accounts. Zelensky has posted a video of Ukrainian soldiers announcing they had captured the eastern town of Balaklia, which is Ukraine's second largest city. The Ukrainian military said it had advanced nearly 50 kilometers through that front after an assault that appeared to take the Russians by surprise. The Kremlin has declined to comment on the advance and referred questions to the Russian military. Ever since the attack on Kiev in March, rapid advances have pretty much been unheard of. Uh, the war has shifted at that point into just a, a grind along entrenched front lines. Now, Ukraine has not allowed independent journalists into the area to confirm the extent of its advances, but Ukrainian news websites have shown pictures of troops cheering from armored vehicles as they go past street signs that bear the names of recently Russian-held positions. The U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told him in a news conference, We see success in Kherson now. We see some success in Kharkiv, so that's very, very encouraging. The Institute for the Study of War think tank said that the Ukrainians were now within just 15 kilometers of Kupiansk, a junction for the main railway lines that Moscow has relied on to supply its troops. This surprise breakthrough from Ukraine in the east came about a week after Kiev announced the start of a long-awaited counteroffensive hundreds of kilometers away at the other end of the front line in Kherson province in the south. The Ukrainian officials say that Russia moved thousands of troops south to respond to the Kherson advance, leaving other parts of the front line exposed and creating the opportunity for the lightning assault. 
The presidential advisor to Zelensky said in video, quote, we found a weak spot where the enemy wasn't ready. The Department of Justice is to appeal special master ruling arguing that classified documents aren't Trump's, quote, personal records. The hundreds of pages of classified government records seized from Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate last month aren't the former president's, quote, personal records, and he has no right to possess them, the Justice Department said in a court filing on Thursday, as it said the government would appeal a judge's ruling on the matter. Officially, the Justice Department will appeal a U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon's ruling for a special master to look at the documents seized during the search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, according to the notification filed Thursday. The DOJ said it will file its appeal to the United States Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit. The department also asked for a partial stay of Cannon's ruling while the appeal is pending, saying that, quote, the government and the public are irreparably injured when a criminal investigation of matters involving risk to national security is enjoined. Cannon gave Trump until 10 a.m. Eastern Time Monday to respond to the DOJ's motion for a partial stay of her order granting the special master request. Parts of Cannon's ruling, specifically those enjoining the government from doing anything with the classified records it seized, would, quote, cause the most immediate and serious harms to the government and the public. The government also wrote in an eyebrow-raising line that the injunction could, quote, impede efforts to identify the existence of any additional classified records that are not being properly stored. Quote, the classified records are government property over which the executive branch has control and in which the plaintiff has no cognizable property interest. In a long statement from the DOJ, they said, quote, the classification markings establish on the face of the documents that they are government records, not plaintiff's personal records. The government's review of those records does not raise any plausible attorney-client privilege claims because such classified records do not contain communications between the plaintiff and his private attorneys. And for several reasons, no potential assertion of executive privilege could justify restricting the executive branch's review and use of the classified records at issue here. Trump, quote, does not and could not assert that he owns or has any possessory interest in classified records, that he has any right to have those government records returned to him, or that he can advance any plausible claims of attorney-client privilege as to such records that would bar the government from reviewing or using them. The DOJ go on to say, there's nothing in the law that would suggest that a former president can successfully assert executive privilege to prevent the executive branch itself from reviewing and using its own records. A stay would simply allow the government to continue to review and use the same records, which again, indisputably belong to the government, not the plaintiff, in its ongoing criminal investigation as well. Well, I hope you enjoyed the morning cup here at the Conservation Project, and we hope that it, it got you ready and got you prepared for your work day or just to discuss news with whoever you come across. It's always better to be prepared and educated, and we hope to provide that in this with unbiased three topics that you just need to know, things that are happening in the world right now. Past that, we hope that you enjoyed, like I said, and if you did, make sure to give us a like, follow, subscribe, thumbs up, wherever you're at, whatever platform you're listening on. But more importantly, we just hope you got something out of this. These episodes are going to come out every weekday morning so you have a new source that you can rely on to get your day started. Have a great Friday morning and stick around for Freedom Fridays later in the day.